Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and nfl.com slash Shek. Week three just about in the books. We're coming at you about a half an hour from kickoff of Monday Night Football. Jay Cutler, that handsome devil with that uh, with that uh, big head of hair that he has there, is warming up as we speak. So that sets the scene for where we are here in Studio 66. Maximum strength! Or just new Studio 66. You don't need to interrupt me every time I say that with that with that note, black tie behind the glass. All right, we're here in Studio 66 and uh, ready to kibitz about the weekend that was with uh, two of our pals. First of all, the host now of his own podcast here at NFL Media. It's called Move the Sticks, appropriately enough, because on Twitter, he's also at Move the Sticks, but I like to call him my pal. It's Daniel Jeremiah. What's the poop, fella? Doing good, Dave. How are we doing? I'm doing well. Former scout, of course, if you're new to this program or to any of the podcasts out here, of course, Jeremiah, a former uh, scout for the Eagles, Browns, and uh, for the Ravens. Yes, DJ. Before we get – and before you introduce Handsome here, uh, there's one thing that I was thinking about today. Randomly popped into my head – Nothing to do with football, and I like to get to sure. before we get into our football discussion. You and I, we're, you know, we're, our rainbows include colors that aren't in the NFL. Why haven't we seen a new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Well, Rick Moranis is probably 81 years of age. I just, I think. Reboot? Don't you think, you have children, right? Yeah. I think the premise of that. Like, I have young kids. I think they would like that. Why haven't we brought that back? That is a fun one. We have a lot of things that we need to reboot. Here's the mistake that Hollywood makes. It's a point I've made many times, which is that while they're on the right track by remaking things, they're remaking things that were already done well the first time. You don't need to remake Psycho. They, They mastered it the first time around. Now, good premises that were poorly executed, bring those ones back. Like, small wonder. 
That's a good one. Ooh, nice. It's the robot. You know, she's a girl. The father is a scientist, the suburban scientist, and he makes a preteen girl. But for some reason, it without explanation, no one can know that she's a robot. You have to. She's got to be. How do you past- say that, by the way? A robot. The robot. People have mentioned many robot? times before. Yeah, robot. 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 <laughs> wow. It's one of those words. Not I even close. With. Robot. Not even. <laughs> robot. Robot. Um, but yeah, so she's a she's a robot, and uh, <laughs> but for some reason. No one in the neighborhood can know. She has to be, don't tell anyone. She has an older brother, which, by the way, also, what self-esteem must, must this child have that, wait, I wasn't good enough? You have to make a robot to supplement or our family? Robot. That's yeah. weird yeah. stuff. Also, this brilliant scientist who can make a child or make a robot that looks so <laughs> lifelike that everybody buys it as a child, he didn't have the forethought to think, what happens when she stays exactly the same size as all of her classmates continue to get bigger and bigger into high school? A lot of weird things about that show, Small Good Wonder. Stuff. Good yeah. stuff. All right, good talk there. Now let's talk about pro football with uh, the third member here in Studio 66. Maximum strength! All the way from England, and he'll be heading over to London later this week to watch uh, the first of the uh, – I forget what they call those games, actually, by the way. But, the, you know, the games that happen over in London, they do them twice now a year. I'm sure he'll uh, fill us in on this one. But I don't mind telling you, he's got a puss on because he is our resident Miami Dolphins fan. Enough said. It's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? I am very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. I'm Are going you? to the International Series. International they Series, whatever they call but it. But I'm not well because of the Dolphins, but I am well to, to finally discover that I'm not the only one who says American words wrong. <laughs> Robot. Robot. How do you say it? Robot. Robot. No, that Robot. would be closer. That would be closer. Not bot. That kind of sounds like you're from Baltimore the way you did it that time. <laughs> um, Robot. I, listen, there are a lot of directions to go off of these week three games. Many intriguing results, obviously, surprising results, almost inexplicable results. All you have to say, really, to make that point is, you know, we talked about last week. This happens, I guess, every time of the at this time every year in the 21st century with parity and free agency and the the you know it I, it seems like I, I it must certainly be true that there are more big injuries now than there were a couple of generations ago. So all these things present or, or result in results that you didn't anticipate this early in the season. Um, but all you need to really say is the clear-cut best team in the NFL right now is the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. That's weird by itself. But, uh, handsome, you uh, – like I say, it's Monday. I was in the office next to you yesterday while the Dolphins were playing the Chiefs. I, of course, like the rest of the sane world, was busy watching the Seahawks and Broncos and was keeping an eye on the Cardinals and Niners. You and four other people, though, were watching the Dolphins. I, I'm not in the office. I mean across the right. face of the earth. Yes. We're watching this game. And every uh, three, four minutes or so, there was some nasty shouting. It was, it was acidic, unlike uh, I've ever heard Handsome Hank on anything ever before. How are you? Your one and two Dolphins, that win against the Patriots, so impressive in week one, may as well have been two months ago the way it is now. Well, Go ahead. Yeah, you, well, you remember on, on Thursday's podcast, I introduced you and Elliot to the phrase flattering to deceive. Yes. Which means someone who or something that does something very good and then can't ever 
follow that again. The Miami Dolphins, if you want the the definition, really are flattering to deceive. They beat the Patriots and mm-hmm. got everyone excited, and then since then lost to the Bills, which, as I think I said at the time, I was expecting. But it was unforgivable what they did yesterday. As soon as the game ended, in fact, handsome. I said, scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you about Ryan Tannehill as an NFL quarterback? And your answer was? 10. 11. Well, was it 11? Said, no, it wasn't, but I was just uh, stealing okay. from Spinal Tap there. Daniel Jeremiah, former scout. We're now two-plus years in with this guy. It was a great story when he rose up. You know, of course, the former A&M wide receiver turned quarterback and all that. But at this point, how say you on Ryan Tannehill? Joe Philbin obviously has his doubts. He's, he said, I can't make a decision right now. We'll let you know later in the week. Yeah, which gets to my interesting point about this whole thing. Is this the motivational ploy for Ryan Tannehill, or is this him legitimately waffling and not wanting to see any more of Ryan Tannehill? That's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. My thing with Ryan Tannehill, I liked him coming out. Man, he is, he's got you know a lot of hits on him for, early on in his career. And we've seen that in the past affect guys. I mean, David Carr is kind of the one everybody always points to. But he's in college, I want to say it was like 530 dropbacks his last year at A&M. He got sacked eight or nine times. I mean, it was unbelievably low. I, mean, I know in my report I made a mention of the fact he gets the ball out quick. He sees things. He processes. The ball comes out. And now everything has really slowed down for him. I, I don't know what the deal is. He's not processing quickly. He's holding on to the football. I don't know if that's an accumulation of the hits he's taken. But then other times he's got clean pockets. His accuracy down the field has not been good pretty much throughout his early career here. So, yeah, I, I, there's cause for concern. I, you know, if I put it at 10, I might be putting it at a 7 or an 8, but it's legit. But don't you think – I feel like that this is the exact opposite reaction you want out of a head coach, which is your 1 and 2. It's not like – I mean – This is the anti-Harbaugh. This is the right. anti-Jim Harbaugh approach. Jim Harbaugh would have came out and said, is he my quarterback? He's the best quarterback on planet Earth. Of course he's my quarterback. You know, everything else is yeah. – it's everything else's well, fault. It's not his down, fault. Settle down, Joe Philbin. Yeah. This yeah. is the, the – the, you know, the world's not falling. I mean, it's, you're, you're right there. You're in this division, you know, get right to ship next week, and that's it. But this isn't unique. I mean, the, in, in three, four weeks ago during the preseason, Matt Moore, who ironically is the guy that would replace Tannehill, had been playing – poorly during during preseason and during training camp, which is why they brought Brady Quinn in really as a motivational ploy to get more to play better. So, you know, as a threat. In the end that threat was was non existent. But I think, you know, this is this must be Philbin's motivational tactic. This is the way that he thinks is gonna bring the best out of him. But it's panic button, and it's not at all what you and, want and, again from right. the head, from the head coach. And maybe DJ's right. Yeah, maybe this lights a fire under the no, guy. No, no, but... I don't. I don't like that. For the, for any other position, I'm okay with it. You want to do it to a receiver, running mm-hmm. back. But this is supposed to be the leader of your football team, and you kind of undermine his authority a little bit. I, I don't. Like I think it. the way it works best, and I don't. I don't honestly believe that this is Joe Philbin's intention. But if other members of the forget about Tannehill, but if other members of the Dolphins' offense or the Dolphins' team generally say. You know, no way. This this guy's our leader. We need him as our quarterback. Then that maybe works out well because that gives Tannehill the confidence of the guys who are on the field with him. Well, why why not? If you're going to make this move, though, why do it publicly? Right. That that makes no sense to me. If you want to call him out, ideally to me, you do it one on one with him. You bring him in your office and you tell him, look, your level of play is not cutting it, and you're going to have to play better. Or I'm going to make a change. That's the the number one way I would deal with it. And then if you if you feel like that's not enough and you want to put you know collective pressure on him. Do it in a team meeting and say, guys, across the board, we are not playing good enough. And I don't care who you are in this roster. 
Ryan Tannehill is our starting quarterback. Ryan, if you keep playing like this, you will no longer be our starting quarterback. And then mention whoever else you need to mention, but do that in the team setting. I don't like it when you when you run this stuff through the media. Yeah. I just don't like it. And, and to be fair to Tannehill, that, that approach would work because as bad as he's been in some of these games, he's been let down by his receivers. He's been let yeah. down by his offensive line. Really, the only guys on the on the offense who can take any credit at this point is Lamar Miller had a decent game yesterday, and Noshon Moreno, when he was healthy, looked pretty good for them. What do you think, um, DJ? This is something that I think fans do a lot of. I certainly do it, and it, it, it maybe started back in the late 80s, early 90s, watching University of Houston. You you see Andre Ware set the world on fire with, the, with his passing numbers. I mean, l- numbers the likes of which we still have never seen repeated, except at University of Houston – once Andre Ware was drafted highly in the NFL, then David Klingler, his understudy, did the exact same thing, and you realized, oh, I see. It's not It's not the guy. It's the system that's making that happen. Are you going to even give Timmy Chang any credit at all right. for what he did in Hawaii? <laughs> Colt Brennan is asking what, what's, what's wrong with well, him. But along those lines, is it now – I mean, would you be concerned if you are the Browns and you have Johnny Football because Kenny Hill is putting up huge no. numbers for A&M, and before that, Ryan Tannehill was pretty good himself? Yeah, and the, and the other part of that that's interesting is when uh, when you had uh, Gabbert coming out of Missouri, you had yeah right looking at his numbers, you go wait a second, Chase Daniel threw for nine trillion <laughs> yards in this system, but you didn't come in nearly close to those numbers. So you do kind of look at the, the the situation that they're in, the offense they're in, and what that leads to. I've always said to people a lot of times. If I'm being critical of a player, I'll, I'll have people on Twitter say, "How can you say he was he was first team All Conference? He threw he broke this record and that record." Scouting, you don't that doesn't mean anything. Right. You don't. It's all situational in terms of what you're asked to do and what you do, and the numbers are worthless. So I don't think that really changes anything. I think it, that's always been that way. Put you on the spot, redraft them real quick, fellas. Who do you like now? We've barely seen them, but now Blake Bortles. Yeah. We saw him for a half look terrific. Really, you know. I mean, uh, all right, he threw a couple picks, but still, there's a, there's an they, electricity they, they around down, what he's doing. They I that know. long touchdown, the long touchdown to Allen Hearns where he broke all those tackles. They were down thirty-seven to three with seven minutes remaining in the game, playing against backups from Indianapolis. So I just but like you can see when he hits he, the field. That he, yeah, it, I mean, it, it was good and bad. He threw two picks, one of which got brought back for a touchdown. He has the Dan Marino fake spike touchdown pass handsome. I know that. I love the brought idea of doing that. It's the, second, it's the second time he's done it. <laughs> yeah. He did it in the preseason one do, time. You can't it? do that. In two, you can't come out and do it <laughs> twice. Marino did it once in his career, and Blake you know, Bortles you know how, you know, that twice in two games. You know how coaches going back to Bill Walsh like to script those first 15 to 20 plays? Is that like in the next? Script. <laughs> it is. Play it seven. is like a magician yeah. who only knows one card trick and right. just keeps going to that one. Oh, like, yeah. all right, th- we're tired of that one. Can we you do something can do new, it. man? But, it but it is, no, with I think rookie quarterbacks. They say, what can he do well? Maybe it's like whatever it is. Second down at the at the twenty yard line. Let's go with the fake spike here. Who looks best? And I'll put this to you, DJ, yeah. since you spend your uh, spent your professional days evaluating these things. Does anybody now jump out at you as like clearly now see that in hindsight that's clearly the most talented QB? Well, that's that's a tricky question. Who's the most talented? Who can do the most? Well, things? who would you most want? I, yeah. I'm still look. I'm gonna stick with Bridgewater, who I was with from the beginning of the process here. So I'm gonna stick with him. I thought he did some good things in that game. I think he's got quick feet. I think he's got a quick mind. You saw him work through things. Take what the defense gives you. I think as he gets more comfortable, you'll see him dial some more stuff up down the field. But, man, from sticking with Bridgewater here, the, the interesting thing with him when he was picked, right, a lot of people said, myself included, this is a great situation for him. He can sit behind Matt Castle for a handful of games. Okay, well, that's been eliminated. Now it's, it's less than a handful he's thrown in the lineup. He'll have Adrian Peterson he can hand the ball off to. 
He has Kyle Rudolph at tight end, who's a nice intermediate target. And then you got Cordero Patterson on the outside. Now he's in the mix here earlier than expected. No yeah. Adrian Peterson, no Kyle Rudolph. It is him in 84 rock and roll, and that's what he's got. <laughs> and by the way, who's that good in that division? And I want to get into some of these more compelling divisional races as they, you know, set up just three weeks into the season. Meantime, handsome, not Tom Brady, the other three QBs. Which one's the best or which one's the least bad right now? In the AFC East. AFC East. I, I don't know. I mean, I, you'd have to go with Geno Smith, and I haven't seen enough from him to really believe that, that he's the second best. But Reference that the game hasn't started yet, right. by yeah, the way. Right. Just in yeah, case fair he throws enough, yeah. six picks tonight, yes. then hands him off the exactly. Is that where you're but going I w- to? I mean, I wouldn't oh. go with EJ Manuel. I wouldn't go with EJ Manuel and, either. And as down as I am on Tannehill, I don't know. Him and Geno Smith, I, you, it's a toss-up to me right now. I compared uh, Geno Smith and Tannehill. When, when Geno Smith came out, that's who I compared yeah, him to with Ryan that. Tannehill. And I gave him the same grade, exactly the same grade coming out. So I think they're very similar to one another. I think the difference between them right now would be that Geno Smith is playing with more confidence. Yeah. And I think a little bit of that, we touched on one head coach basically stripping a quarterback of confidence. And we know how Rex Ryan is constantly pumping up Geno Smith and believing in him. So that, to me, is the biggest difference. I think Geno Smith's a more confident guy, and I'd go with him. Well, it's starting to shape up. There were some mirages early, but it is starting to look like, unless that Bills defense proves itself to be special just about week in and week out, this is once again going to be a walk to glory for Tom Brady and company. Not that that team's that good. They barely beat the Raiders in Foxborough. And the offensive line, we now know that seems to be a legitimate problem for them. I want to hear your thoughts on that, fellas, but also – what do you make of teams, including Derek Carr and the Raiders, going out of their way to pick on Darrell Revis? They're throwing at Darrell Revis. What gives here, DJ? Well, I mean, look, it, Darrell Revis is not what he was when he was a little bit younger. He's still a, That's a not really the pattern, solid. though. That's not the pattern. It's two years after knee injury. You should be back up yeah, to 100%. But, but this is this is a different position, too. I mean, that's that's a challenging position that you're in there. This is not a tight end. This is not an offensive tackle or even a running back in a reactive position like that, you lose a little bit of, of a step, it's going to show up. But to me, that that not really is not really the issue with this football team. To me, it's and I think you touched on this a little bit last year, is Tom Brady slowly kind of eroding. I mean, he, there was a, there was a crossing route in that game where Gronkowski's dragging across the field, and it is a throw Tom Brady would make with his eyes closed in his sleep for his entire career. He missed him by four feet with no pressure around him. I don't think he's playing like the same Tom Brady we've seen. And we we can make excuses for him and talk about the lack of receivers and they haven't done this and you trade away Logan Mankins. I don't know. There was a couple examples when he's got time in that pocket and has layup throws that he's missed. Right. I think you have to ha- start having that discussion a little bit. I mean, the guy's not getting any younger, and I think we're starting to finally see a little bit of that erosion. Do you think, though, handsome, now you watch all these games, you watch all the East games, certainly, um, with great purpose, is there any of the? Or do you now buy that any of those three teams are good enough to get past the Patriots, who clearly are just not a, a juggernaut team that's going to walk over? Right, and teams. that's the reason. Yeah, I do buy. I think. I think. I don't know which of those three teams I would put it on right now, and and I, they all have flaws. But for the first time in a while, so do the Patriots. The Patriots have significant flaws as well, and and you know this this league is interesting in the first 4 to 6 weeks of the season as teams begin to work out like what is the blueprint to beat each team and mm-hmm. then that's where you get to the point that the Bengals or Seahawks are just tough to to overcome but i think people are going to see where the Patriots weak spots are and and you know they're playing a a number 1 
team's schedule through the season. And so they're going to they're gonna run into the, the Broncos. They're going to run into the Bengals, and they're going to have a hard time. If the Jets or the Dolphins or the Bills get on a little roll at, at any point um, and make the most of those points in the schedule where theirs is a little softer, then, yeah, I can totally see the, the Patriots getting knocked off. You know, one interesting point, I was talking to an executive – and I was talking about the Bengals I, and what you said, Dave. I said, look, the Bengals, to me, look like the best team in football right now. And I will see what Andy Dalton can do when they get to the postseason. So I was having this conversation with his executive, and he said, man, I'd, I'd almost be a little bit concerned if I were the Bengals. And I'm like, what? He's like, I, I want to be playing my best right. football as we mm-hmm. go towards the stretch. He's like, they're, they're playing all their best football right now. How much, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting how people look at things a little bit differently there. Yeah, you kind of already, if you're the Bengals, you kind of are holding your breath. Please, no one get hurt until <laughs> yeah, the playoffs come yeah. around. We, we, we want to be right. Um, let's talk about the team that I think, if you if you polled Football America, they would tell you is uh, is still the, the favorite to get out of the AFC. It's the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Are you out of here, Handsome? That's it for you? Handsome's on his way to London, England. He's going to be hanging out with our pal Jeff Darlington out there. Wow. All the best. Cheers. Uh, do you, when you're with Jeff, do you match his skinny tie with your skinny tie? I, I, Jeff uh, is skinnier overall, um, so no, I cannot do that. All right. Have a gay old time there, Hans. Thank Are you, you going to bring much. us back a treat or two? I'll bring you uh, and Black Tie and, and DJ and our friend Elliot Harrison a gift. From London. Wow, that's a promise yeah, right, right there. I'll, I'll I, take that. I, and I keep my promises. Fare thee well, handsome Hank. Have a good, safe trip there. But what about it, DJ? The Broncos, everybody's talking about, not every, Phil Sims in the broadcast yesterday mentions the moral victory. Hey, I think the Broncos really proved something to themselves. <laughs> and the, Peyton Manning's in his 17th year. Moral victories for this guy, for this team that went all the way to the Super Bowl? What do you think about what we saw in, in uh, up in Seattle yesterday? Well, I think you look at it. I look at it in terms of, you know, the matchup is difficult for them. And we look at that Super Bowl, right, where the Giants had played the Patriots and, and lost to them in a somewhat close game, right? Then they turn around and beat them in the Super Bowl. And a lot was made of the fact that the Giants got gained some confidence from from that game earlier in the season. I think if they get blown out in Seattle, if they were to meet in a rematch mm-hmm. of the Super Bowl, I think there is a lot of doubt hanging in your mind after you've got clobbered twice. I think the fact that they were competitive in this game, I do buy into a little bit of that. I think you go into a rematch, if they were to see each other again, you say, you know what, we've we found some holes in this defense. We were able to exploit them. We ran out of time, couldn't couldn't finish it. But there is some positive to take from that. Even in your year 17, I know it's not in our, you know, you want to be the most competitive guy. It's win or lose and nothing else matters. I do think you gained something from that. Well, I, I suppose I agree because at 17-5, I guess, it occurred to me, like, and they were just doing nothing, the Broncos. Everything that they were trying, it, it was as though – the Seahawks knew it was coming. I mean, yeah. pretty much every snap of the ball, and maybe that had a lot to do with the fact that Manning likes to likes to make his calls at the line of scrimmage, and you can't do that with the twelves making all that noise. I could, but and I thought, boy, this team's just completely overmatched. This is this is one of those matchup things that they just don't know that they don't have a response to. But then by the end of the game, I do kind of buy it. But I will say this: what I always say about Peyton Manning, say whatever you want. He was great. He brought the team back. But prove me wrong on this. Come overtime, that guy did nothing. <laughs> he did absolutely nothing in that overtime. Yeah, David Tech's a genius. Thank you, A.J. Hawk. There or you go. just plain Hawk. Do you, by two. the way, how often do you have A.J. Hawk on? Once every six weeks or so. We like oh, to check in with our I pal. Think, I think it's more frequent than that. Well, listen, I'm not going to apologize for – No, I just – I think it's cute. I think you guys have a nice – 
friendship. Now there. he's not he's not AJ anymore. By the way, he's just he's just Hawk. I'm Ooh, rebranding like like him. That. This and I want him to be a big star. I want him to I want him to be you know a top five or ten star in the NFL. The way he does that is by eschewing a first name altogether and just being Hawk. And phase two of my plan is the next time he makes a big play in Lambo, he does the Lambo leap punctuated by grabbing a beer out of somebody's hand and chugging it in the middle really? of the game. He'll get suspended, you understand, yeah. for the first for a game but branding, or two. branding. I mean, through the roof. He'll yeah. be a legend for all of time. Can't put the price tag on that. All right. Just, I just was just pointing out a fact you guys seem to be pretty close. Now, after the game, Chris Harris says that he thinks Russell Wilson is better than Andrew Luck. I think this is a, a matter of just getting swept up in a game, a competitive yep. game. Russell Wilson makes some plays in overtime. I, I mean, uh, yeah, with uh, with that scrambling in, in particular. But the, Andrew Luck is the better player. Correct? I think so. I think everything that Russell Wilson does, Andrew Luck can do. And I don't know that, An- that Russell Wilson can do everything Andrew Luck does. And, and- he's a bigger guy as well. It's it's an interesting time because I all you, as you know I always say Aaron Rodgers is the best there is and he even in that game against the Lions that by the way the most inexplicable result of them all the Raiders almost winning or at least forcing an overtime in Foxborough a head scratcher the Saints who absolutely had to win that game they couldn't go to zero and three. And by the way, I will say, even though they did get it, look up their schedule. They should win their next two before they go into a bye. They should be three and two, mm-hmm. then go into their bye. Look at the ten game stretch that they have coming out of that. It is brutal. There's no gimmies. I know they win in the Superdome more often than not, but they have some tough road games and some tough home games coming up. It's not a lock for them. They're not locked in. I mean, they're just not in any kind of rhythm. It's or weird that they. Yeah. But the weirdest game of all is the Packers and Lions, Stafford and Rodgers, and those two high-powered offenses. Between the two of them, two offensive touchdowns. What gives? Are those defense? I now I, I have made a case that that Packers defense is officially uh, officially fixed. I've told my friend Hawk that mm-hmm. in, uh, for one. Last um, night. But also. I guess Sue looks a little bit better than he has. I mean, people are trying to make that case. I mean, are the defenses good, or is there something going on with these two teams? Because the Lions only scored seven down in Carolina last week. Yeah, I mean, if you look at kind of the last couple meetings with the Lions and the Packers, um, the Lions have had, you know, they've had some success. Even some some tight games they might have lost over the last few years, they, they've been able to do some things against them, and I think it all comes down to up front. I think up front on the defensive line, Detroit's better than Green Bay significantly. They don't have to send a lot of guys, a lot of four. And they sprinkled in some five-man pressures on, obviously, the one where Tulloch finishes the sack and then <laughs> pulls the Bill Grammatica and, oh, and blows children. out his knee. That please was brutal. Please don't do that, yes. Please. But I, I, I don't think the Packers are very good up front. And on the defensive side of the ball, you can say they're fixed, but I thought Detroit had success running the football against them. Clay Matthews, it seems like it's – you know, here we go again. You know, Some kind of a pull. He seems to always mm-hmm. have these kind of issues, can't stay on the field. Reggie Bush gets around the end, you know, easily, which you can't let happen. I, I don't know. I, I think they're better defensively. I don't know that I'm w- willing to say that they're completely fixed. If you can run the ball on them or pretty much any team, um, this side of the Philadelphia Eagles, who time of possession is completely irrelevant. But, I mean, they really did control the ball. The Lions did. 38 minutes plus they held the ball. They kept it away from Aaron Rodgers. That's the winning formula if you can do that. Yeah. And it Aaron Rodgers was frustrated, by the way, after that game. Did you see his presser afterwards? I didn't. He talked about, you know, look, the you know the lack of execution. Um, that that was mentioned. But to me, it was interesting. On three different occasions, he said, we, didn't, we, we failed to make adjustments on three different occasions. Well, 
when I look at that, failed to make adjustments, that's not me as a quarterback. That's that's a coaching issue to me. So that to Is me was a, a little bit interesting. There I don't McCarthy know. And I don't know if I'm reading into that or not, but he was clearly frustrated. I want to give him a pass because it's right after the game and you're frustrated. But definitely, I think he felt, you know, hey, we, we should have done some things differently. Mm-hmm. They didn't run the ball that much. And when you watch that game, Detroit, they didn't have to put anybody down the box. They play with two high safeties, so there's no way for them to get big plays down the field, and you still can't run the football. That's troubling. Hmm. Um, well, that's interesting. But like I say, it's an interesting time. We do this probably more often than we should, kind of like having Hawk on the show, according to No, I, don't, I, I love Hawk. I want more Hawk. I got to say, too, another of our great pals from uh, that, uh, that play between the lines, Swag Ike Taylor, just a terrible injury. Heartbreaking yeah. to see him break his arm in that fashion there. Um, we'll talk about the Steelers in a minute, but that was uh, that was sad to see, and hopefully he gets back out there. Troy Palomalu says that he will get back out there before the end of the season. We'll see if that comes to pass. That's a Jekyll and Hyde team, by the way, your Steelers. We'll talk about them in just a minute here. But in the meantime, people love the quarterback rankings, and three weeks in, Rate them for me now. Aaron Rodgers is always my number one, but I'm I'm shaky on that one at this point. All all of them across the league is what you just want to no. You don't have to go one through thirty two. No, just let, let's get the give top me, guys because I you know, here's something else I tweeted out. All right, we're into the Steeler, so let me make my Steeler case. Yep. Let's talk about that game, yep. and then we'll go back and and rate uh, the top six QBs or top seven. But uh, you know, off of Chris Harris's comments about Russell Wilson better than Andrew Luck, which I disagree with. But I tweeted out this morning that. In Levy and Bell, Antonio Brown, and Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers now have players that rank in the top half dozen at their positions. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, you could say Lawrence Timmons is probably in the top six, you know, inside LBs. In the discussion, in the discussion. He's terrific. He's really, he's, I mean, he really If you can count Daryl Washington coming back off suspension, that might bump him down a little bit. All right, bit. Luke Keekley. Vontez perfect. Luke Kuechly's got a place next to him. is pretty good, too. Thomas Davis is really good. All right. Well, Lawrence Timmons is in the conversation. Either the way, conversation. and I don't evaluate offensive There's nothing, wrong. There's nothing wrong with being in the conversation. Yeah. Come on. I know. So, but those three guys, nobody said boo to my tweet about Antonio Brown or Levy and Bell. Every, oh, yes, of course, those two yeah. guys are in the top half dozen at their position. Came at you at Ben? But Ben Roethlisberger is no longer a top six quarterback. How dare he? Maybe top ten. And you watch the game against Carolina, and to me, he's dynamite. Yes, yeah. he's not, he he's not as accurate as the other guy as those those big four, the so called big four. But he makes plays that none of those four could dream about making. And in the history of the world, maybe three other people could make some of the plays that he makes, including the touchdown pass to the the first touchdown pass to Antonio Brown when he hard pump fakes. Um, to the left side and then turns to his right and just kind of looks up and sees A.B. raise a hand and just flips its sidearm as he gets hit for a touchdown. I mean, that's just not a play that very many human beings in the history of football could ever make, a dynamite play. Well, no, trust me, I've seen enough of Ben Roethlisberger to to put him up there in that mix. The interesting thing for me is the guy we touched on, though, is Andrew Luck, and we talked about, you know, him or Russell Wilson, and mm-hmm. he can do all that stuff. And the way you're describing Ben Roethlisberger, I kind of go through the Rolodex in my mind. I'm like, okay, Andrew Luck probably be the one one guy that's I could exactly say that could right. do those types of things. Yep. Which, again, watching this week, I know Jacksonville's terrible, but I couldn't help during that game sit and, and think, how in the world against Philadelphia 
Do you hand the ball off to Trent Richardson on first and second down and take the ball out of Andrew Luck's hands in that game? It's so true. They should be 2-1. and one. All right, so let's get to it then. We, we've seen dicey performances from Rodgers. Chris Harris says he thinks Russell Wilson is better than Andrew Luck. Very few people agree with my opinion that Ben Roethlisberger is maybe in the top four QBs, certainly in the top five. Uh, so rate them out for me here. Well, with with what we've seen so far this year, this is this is what I would go at. Peyton Manning, even though they struggled, I'd still, with what he's done, I'd still put him in the number one spot right now for this year. He would be number one for me. Number two for me, gosh. I'll I mean, what, Brady has not been no, Brady's terrific not, so Brady's far. not in, in the mix for me there. Number two for me from what we've seen so far this year, I'm, I might go Matt Ryan. Wow. Just with what we've seen so yeah, far this you. season. So I would go Peyton Manning, number one. I would go Matt Ryan, number two. But he two. didn't like the pressure that Cincinnati put on him in week no, two. No, Cincinnati's got after everybody that they've played. But still, look, what he did on Thursday night was just, you know piece of cake yeah. against Tampa. But I would still have him as number two. I'll put Andrew Luck down at number three. Yeah, this is a wacky list I officially got, I got now, Andrew DJ. Luck at number three. I will still put – gosh, this is where we get down here. Breeze, Breeze Rodgers have not Breeze, been mentioned Breeze, yet. Breeze would be four, and I would put Rodgers five, Roethlisberger six. Tom Brady is not in your top six. No, just from what you asked. What I understand. We've seen, I understand. We've it's still remarkable. Year. Yeah, what we've seen right now, who's playing the best football of those quarterbacks, that's how I would go one And you six. would roll. So given this three weeks worth of information, if I said, now you choose these guys and you get them, you have to roll with no. these guys the rest of the way, you would, you would, would you put Tom Brady ahead of any of those guys? Going I still, forward? I still wow. wouldn't put Brady ahead of them. The one guy, though, that would drastically move up if we're looking forward would be Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Look, they they haven't got things rolling yet, but I do believe that's going to happen. They'll start to click in, and I've we, I've always said I think he is the most talented quarterback yeah. in the NFL, and I, I don't I don't come off that just from what we've seen though so far. That's why I have him down a little bit. Wow, remarkable stuff. Uh, what do you make of the Kerry Williams thing, real quick? I, I mean, uh, after a victory, you yeah. get on the thing, and then is he it, refers to himself as a man. At least I, you know, a lot of other guys agree with me, but I'm man enough to stand in front of. Well, not the guy who I want to address here, but I'll, I'll address you media, yeah. and then you can pass it off to – you can let him know what I say. <laughs> but well, he's, what, he's, what are you doing, Kerry Williams? He's been, he's been attacked by every quarterback that they go up against, and he gets beat every single week. So I think sometimes those guys, you know, at that position, you have to – it's a confidence position. Mm-hmm. So how do you justify keeping your confidence up? You have to engineer some thought in your mind of why am I getting beat week after week? Well, I'm just tired. I'm run down, and I, I just – I've lost my legs, and it's it's the coach's fault. But I'm telling you, when, when you put together a scouting report, when you're doing advanced scouting reports for the teams you're getting ready to play and you present that to your coaching staff – I, you know, I would always, when you're working on those third down, this is where, you know, this is the receiver that they like to work with. This is a guy you need to circle and be aware of. And then on the other side of the ball, you say, this is the guy we want to attack. Yeah, Kerry Williams is highlighted as the guy that teams <laughs> want to attack. So, you know, I, I, I get what he's doing. He's trying to Last engineer some confidence, saying, but yeah. he hasn't played very good. I don't I, think it has to do with Chip Kelly running extra wind sprints I would practice. A, I would anticipate that uh, Kerry Williams is not long for the Eagles. Maybe yeah. because they have no other options. He's there through the season, but I cannot imagine that he hangs with that team long term. Um, let's go quick, uh, some, uh, some no huddle here. Let's blow through some real quick here as we yep. wrap up the podcast here. And as always, make sure you check out again. Again, 
on uh, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and at NFL.com. The Move the Sticks podcast, gangbuster stuff. The likes of Chris Mortensen, I see, are tweeting about it, and he listens yeah, Morton gave us a little love on there. By the way, quick, quick thing for this week: we've touched on a lot of the skill positions this week. We're going to really jump into the offensive line, defensive line stuff, which might not sound exciting, but it'll be good. I want to do exactly that, as a matter of fact, with our pal, uh, former offensive lineman Ross Tucker. I want it because I, I, everything. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm bringing. In, I'm going to bring in Baldy. All right, well, and he so gets excited, and I get to look at that finger. I was for, thinking for of asking of Baldy if he would do it, but he likes you better than he likes me, so, so I'll go with Ross Tucker. Real quick, Chargers, do you buy my preseason yeah. prediction that they can take the AFC West? I, I buy. I buy that they are uh, one of the top three or four teams in the AFC. I think they're a contender in that division. I'll still stick with Denver, but it'll be. I think it's going to come down to the end. You have the Bengals looking like the Bengals are looking yep. right now at three and zero. The Ravens have scratched their way to two and one. The Steelers now at two and one, and the Browns look good. They could be three and zero. They could also be zero and three, but they're compelling week to week. Is the AFC North the best division now? Yeah, I mean because the Rams I think, I think, don't. The Rams know, are not. I was thinking of the NFC West. The Rams right. have struggled. The Niners aren't right. Cardinals look great. Seattle. I mean that's a two team division right now as it looks so yeah I would agree with you and by the way with the Niners I understand that they were one and two a year ago but and so that this is the excuse that they are making internally and their fans are saying oh listen let's not get crazy here however the big difference is like you said the Arizona Cardinals when it's a two-team race and you're chasing one team it's one thing when you have to overcome two teams to even get to the postseason, or at least keep up with the Joneses but, but enough so that you can get that second wild card. It's not quick, easy. Quick on on them though; they have got to just survive at five hundred until they get I everybody agree. back. That's their challenge. But those, uh, but but when they do get everybody back, then they have two games against the Seahawks to begin with. It's yeah. not easy. So, um, by the way, like I, I, we have we have TVs in this room right now, and when you're interviewing me, why there's a jockey underwear ad going on? I just I don't. You know, I don't know what what if you engineer that or how that works. It was a mix yes. of kind of romantic yeah. business mm-hmm. awkwardness. <laughs> Who was that? Eric Decker. Nice horse, right. horse and carriage. That was the horse. I fell very much. How in did love. that do, by the way? How did the horse Our carriage Central Park, uh, Central Park pod do? It did pretty well. Not as good as the plane cast. Plane cast is still, still the top the shelf. One. Yes, we do have to do. When are we going to do another cast? one of those? I know black tie. That's on you. You have to schedule another mode of transportation cast for us. What about? Can I'll we do? Even, can we do what? Roller such, coaster cast? Yes, I'm such a DJ fan that I'm willing to even make it a Move the Sticks podcast. Yeah, do, do, do that. I want the hot air balloon ride for the Move the Sticks I want to go. What about like a Ferris wheel? Pod? Okay. Me, nice. you, Chris Mortensen, and Deion Sanders. We just ride Beautiful. and we figure it all out. Uh, I'm in. I'm all right. In. Real Come quick. On, what's that? What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I didn't know the name of his bit. What's the difference? Do you think uh, he knows funny. the Sheck Report? I asked uh, Deion Sanders. Hey, do the Sheck Report thing. You think he would know to go, shame? I doubt it. By the way, your voices have been heard. We're back to uh, uninterrupted version of the Sheck Report. Your I had people over. hitting me you up on Twitter wanting to fix about, the Sheck Report. You've said that about two weeks in a row now. Is that legitimate? It is. No, it is. It, it is absolutely okay. It's a done deal. Yes, as of this week, we're Speaking back to Speaking of done deals, uh, we got to wrap. I know. We're wrapping it up. I want to ask uh, DJ this, though. Jameis Winston, to me, yep. you know, given the real world ugliness, and Jameis Winston, you know, was accused of some, some nastiness himself, but – I can't help it. The the crab leg thing is silly. I mean, it's a crime and everything. It's not funny, but it's sort of in, you know, in, in sharp relief to some of the, like I say, the, the 
the really dark stuff that people have been accused of or convicted of or whatever. He's been else. accused of. I said, really, I'm saying, really I, 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 I know he yeah. has, but I mean the the uniform thing. I couldn't. I, I thought that was really funny that he came out. What the, was the, he that doing? He came out in the uniform. The what best was the look there? on Jimbo Fisher's face. What? Ha- but, how but does? How I, do you get to a I point thinking, of walking out onto the field when you know you're suspended for the game I, in your uniform? I was thinking about this though, because somebody said this to me, and you were the first person that I thought of because he said. Uh, you know the thing the only thing that bothered me about Jameis Winston that whole deal on the game. I said, What's that? He's like, the hat that he was wearing. That's the worst hat I've ever seen. <laughs> I thought Sheck Sheck would have totally noticed the fact that he had a hat. It wasn't pulled down, it just kinda looked different. How concerned is that? I mean, do you think now? Oh, there's people major, are real- major, major, major concerns. Major. I mean, I don't. You know, some of the stuff you do kind of laugh off, but it is a different. It's an accumulated thing. It's and a- the temperature is quite a bit different than it what what it was three weeks ago. Yeah, now, when is- guys are getting put down for, you know, for seasons and maybe for their careers, it's not. It's really isn't a laughing matter. Him walking out in a uniform, however, did make me laugh. But but yeah. I'm at no, this point, a, teams a- are going to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, five years ago, I did. I scoffed when people said no one's ever going to sign Mike Vick. No one wants to deal with that. I said, listen, if he's good enough to play, there will be some teams. I now think, though, with the new climate, yeah. all of a sudden, now I think that teams are legitimately going to be scared away. I, I agree. Now, this is a, that's a long discussion for another day. We'll get yeah. into it. But uh, to, to, to summarize, yeah, it's it's a, it's a big issue for a lot of people you talk to. Yeah, not too, uh, not a breezy way to end the conversation. And uh, this isn't either. The jockey commercial is over, by the way, just in case you're that's wondering. That's for the best for all of us. Yeah. It was it creating was some. Of kind of romantic yeah. business, mm-hmm. awkwardness. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great clip. That's Eric Decker reviewing the how many how interview. many podcasts how many times how many episodes of the Move the Sticks podcast before you start clipping things and you kind of throw them back in my face. Let's give it about twenty. We're at I got to get to twenty right episodes before we yeah. do this little fun back we, and forth that you and Sheck have. We gotta have a library of sound back. I did. Wow. I came. I'm sure I'm not the first person to say this to you, but uh, I have a good idea. We. I have been uh, uh, we for so long. We've needed to get a little theme music, a little sting song when we mm-hmm. introduced Daniel Jeremiah, and it, it, it occurred to me finally, it's got to be Jeremiah's talking football, burn out, burn. You know, something like that. Yep. When we played Louisiana Tech when I was in college, I got hurt the week before. And I was uh, so on the sideline just wearing the jeans and the jersey, unlike Jameis, I knew not to wear my pads when I wasn't going to play. <laughs> and uh, the entire student section sang that song from start to finish. Really? Yeah. You know who they had on that team? Troy Edwards. Remember him? Steeler? Sure, I Timber do. Timber Tay, first quarterback. Yep. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Troy Edwards cost the Steelers the AFC title game. You could make a strong case, at least in January of ought two, because he – I don't want to even tell the whole story. Wow. Go back and look at the tape, but he really did. That was his most significant. So long story short, I could get a theme song. Is that what you're saying? I'm gonna. I, I will see to it. I'm gonna okay. contact the one man house band, Dick Banks, and uh, see if we can do Beautiful. that. Beautiful. Last thing I just got to say because I got some heat for ninth, saying the Giants were gonna thing. win. Yeah. I said the Giants were gonna beat the uh, the Texans. Some Texans fans reached out to me. How dare you? How could you do this? What a slight. So on and so forth. But you know, you know the Jenga theory that I have. That oh yeah, the one certain piece. guys you take one guy off a team, the whole thing can implode, and it's hard to figure out who that guy is. You know, it's Calvin Johnson for the Lions, but other teams it's murkier. You would have said it's JJ Watt, it's except Ar- they you went. You said Arian Foster before. I've heard you say that's Arian right. Foster two and before. fourteen yeah. with JJ Watt having a healthy and productive season, so he's not that team's uh, Jenga piece. It's Arian Foster. Yeah. They lose again. What gives that they can't win football games if Arian Foster ain't out there? I thought we were wrapping this thing like 10 we minutes are. ago. We are. All right. I just think it's fascinating, isn't it? I, it's, it's, it, it, I just wanted to throw out the say, Jenga piece. Everything you say is fascinating. Uh, last bite. You're to, sweet. To end or are you show? flattering to deceive? 
Possibly. <laughs> Last bite to end the show. Hey, I'm Russell Wilson, and I throw a sexy deep ball. Shout out to that touchdown he threw this past week. There you go. Off you know charts. what? Black Tie is really Which feeling is it, good. DJ. If you haven't noticed, uh, he's really – he's beams because people now tweet at him when Russell Wilson throws a touchdown really? pass. They tweet him, hey, Black Tie, how about that uh, sexy deep ball? Beautiful. Oh, it was one of the best. It was real sexy. It was real good. All right, enough. So, yeah. Between the jockey underpants and, and now you talking about – It was I a know. mix of kind of romantic. <laughs> yeah. Triple, mm-hmm. triple crowns. <laughs> Three's a charm. All right. The great move, the sticks. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Make sure you find his podcast uh, right out of the gate. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's captivating stuff and essential stuff if you are tuned into the football season. Dave, college and honestly, pro. have you listened to the podcast yet? I have. Yes, I do. Yeah. I listened to I've listened to I listened to around the NFL a lot. You know what? But we've we've established, by the way, of the spinoffs. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah Don't favorite. tell them I said that, but yeah, of course. I, I am going to get a shirt. By the way, you inspired me. I'm going to get a shirt, a just a just a polo shirt with the cursive D, <laughs> like Laverne. That's what I told him to do. I like the uh, I like the idea of that. Yeah, you know what? I do listen to my colleagues' podcasts because you know a lot of people say, "Hey, we're all on the same." Hey, team. rising tide for me. All boats, for right? me, calling us a team isn't strong enough. You're my family. <laughs> All right, let's go watch Jay Cutler and Geno Smith get it on. We'll be back later in the week to give you our picks with the Red Challenge flag segment. We need someone to rise up and take on Elliot Harrison because uh, Handsome Hank, as you just heard, is on his way to London, England. Well, I can't so wait to see what he brings us back. So we'll see who he, who, uh, he brings in. Oh, yeah, he'll bring some crisps. That's Ooh, what nice. He'll bring us some nice, nice. chips, some, some, something like that. All right, oh, and by the way, last thing is NFL.com. We are up and running now officially. Like I say, it's not just Studio 66 any longer. It's Studio 66 Maximum Strength! <laughs> What makes it maximum strength is we now have not one, not two, but three video cameras up in here, and uh, we are showing you video at some point. We I think have we'll show you cameras in here. Four we have a camera cameras. back here in the we, control room. We've got all – see, because, uh, of course, now Black Tie is such a celebrity that he, people have to be able to see what he's up to during the podcast. Either way, we have uh, all this video. At some point, we'll put up the entire podcast for you, the Move the Sticks, Around the NFL, the Coaches Show, the College Show, and so on. Uh, but in the meantime, we're putting out little videos all the time. So keep uh, keep up to speed. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Damashek, producer Black Tie, or p- producer TD is how you follow Black Tie. We're pushing out these videos uh, a couple times a week now. It's a way to see what goes on inside Studio 66. Maximum strength. So be on the lookout for those. And uh, like I say, we'll be back to Kibitz with you later in the week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. 
It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 